Next up, we have Kimberly Bryant, and I'm really excited to introduce her. Um, one of the big trends we're seeing in lean startup these days is what people are calling lean impact. That is applying lean startup ideas to mission-driven organizations, to nonprofits and governments and other mission social social mission orgs. Um, Kimberly has a particularly interesting story about using lean startup in her startup organization. Please welcome her. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Kimberly Bryant, and I'm the founder and executive director of Black Girls Code. And I'm really happy to be here with you this morning to share with you a little bit of my story of being a social entrepreneur and nonprofit founder and how my team and I use the lean startup methodology to do a lot with little. But before I get started, I wanted to take a moment to thank the entire lean startup community that came out to the Lean Ignite presentations um, last night on Sunday evening and gave such a warm welcome to our tech divas, Charmian, Kai, and Rebecca, that did their very first Lean at Night talk last night. Thank you. We are so incredibly proud of these young coders and all of the work and achievements that they've done in such a short period of time. But myself, as the founder of Black Girls Code, I feel really lucky that I was able to have them as my opening act. Um, and I hope I can only uh, ascend a little bit to the very high bar that they've set. So let's get started. Um, in typical engineering style, I like to re-engineer a little bit my story on how we, where we are with BGC today as we unfold and how we got here using the Lean Startup principles. So as I mentioned, Black Girls Code is a nonprofit organization. Uh, we were founded right here in the Bay Area in April 2011, and our goal is really to teach girls of color, African American, Latinas, and Native American students all about computer programming and technology. Our goal is really to give them those skills to become the tech creators and leaders of tomorrow. Our mission as an organization, um, we really feel strongly that we're looking to change the face of technology. And today, we've reached approximately 2,500 girls across the US and in Africa in only two years. Our vision is to train one million girls of color to code by the year 2040. And we like to think of ourselves as the Girl Scouts of technology. But small beginnings, to tell you a little bit about where I started and why I started Black Girls Code, I always like to let folks know that I consider myself an accidental nonprofit entrepreneur and that I really had no goals of starting a nonprofit organization in 2011. However, I think I was ideally suited to use Lean Startup. I have been trained as an electrical engineer from many, many decades ago. And I have always had terms like Six Sigma, continuous improvement, lean manufacturing as my common lexicon. This is what I lived and breathed for 20 years. But at the end of 2011, or right at the beginning of 2011, sorry, beginning of end of 2010, I was looking to make a change out of the biotech industry where I worked for many years as an engineer. And I had this one goal, 
to create a startup company. So I went from event to event, meetup to meetup, looking for an idea to really start this great big new innovative technology company that I had in mind to do. And I stumbled across one fact that I wasn't really prepared for. There weren't too many people that looked like me in many of these meetings. I didn't really understand why that was. I graduated in the late 80s, and there were a handful of women in engineering, but not a lot, and there were less in the room, even less people of color. I also had another motivator for founding Black Girls Code. My daughter, Kai, was what I call a digital native and spent hours upon hours on the computer. And I wanted her to be um, efficient and productive and not just be a consumer of technology. But there was nothing that really nurtured that growth in young girls of color. And that is where the idea for Black Girls Code was born. We started very humbly with a few untested hypotheses. One, we thought girls would be interested in learning to code if we did one thing, three things. First, we needed to create a fun and supportive environment where girls could feel comfortable interacting with girls that look like themselves, as well as female mentors. Number two, we thought that if we gave girls coding wrapped in a box that they were used to, so fashion, social media, gaming, music, they would be able to latch on to this interest and learn to code. We could kind of trick them into learning to code by wrapping it around their interest. Um, and the third hypothesis we had was that our sweet spot for reaching our demographic would be girls in middle school. We knew from research that that was the indicative time when girls tended to opt out of STEM. So that's what we did. And we started out in a very small community in Bayview Hunters Point um, that you saw on the, on the slide there. Thank you. And we started with an MVP to have six girls in our class. These were our main six that came each and every day. I love the looks on some of their faces, the different ones. So we don't know if they were liking what they were doing or not, but I think they were. Um, but we really did get out of the building, so to speak. So we wanted to reach this one particular demographic. We went straight to Bayview Hunters Point, and then we made direct contact with every school, every middle school in a three-mile radius, every single one. And we also went out and talked to guidance counselor principals, recruited them into the program, and had meetings with our parents. And we entered after that what we like to call our pilot class. Um, we had 12 girls in this class. We had six-week sessions. They came in on every Saturday from about 10 to 3, and we taught that, used an open source of curriculum to teach them computer programming, most of them having no prior experience. We really thought of this as our exploration and discovery period, or our build, measure, learn spot. And we used agile development to tweak our curriculum on a daily basis. Um, one of the first things we learned as a measurement is that we should extend the group of girls beyond the middle school. So we started to have girls as young as six in this pilot class, mainly because their parents brought them to class and wanted them to stay with their older sibling. But it worked for us in the end because we realized if we could get them hooked early, they would stay with the process and grow. We also played around with multiple programming languages. Um, we used robotics, we used web design, we used Python, we used Ruby. We were looking for the things that would really engage them and interest them most in computer science and programming. Then I would like to say that we entered this period where we saw a, serious, a series of fortunate events. 
So unlike lemony snickers and unfortunate events, I like to say these were a series of fortunate events. The first is that we decided to build our company on social media really from the beginning. And we had a tremendous um, company that you all know in the Agile community named ThoughtWorks that found us just by doing a routine search on the internet and reached out to us and decided to nurture and grow our program through 2012. We also received a small seed funding grant from a little company called Google um, that was able to nurture us and help us to get the seed funding that we needed in that first stage of our business. Because at this time, you'll have to understand, we were still only two employees in, two employees, and we had literally no money. So we were bootstrapping everything we did as an organization. So about six months in, something interesting happened. As startup entrepreneurs know, we ran out of money, and we still had a whole year to go. So we were like, oh, crap. We don't have any money, and we're only in the middle of the year. So the, luck of the lucky thing was that we had the strong community. So we came up with an idea. This idea was to do a summer of code. And a grand idea was to go out to seven cities across the U.S. and reach 200 girls, expand on all of this wonderful impact training we were doing in computer science, and also to raise money. So we started on our journey. And we went to seven cities in the U.S., Atlanta, Detroit, Chicago, New York, um, Bay Area, Oakland, and San Francisco. We even went to South Africa. At the end of the day, we found that we were even more successful than we imagined. Because at the end of the summer, we had not only reached 200 girls, we had actually reached 1,000. And then we came up with the pivot. So in doing our summer of code, we realized that we could expand our impact by not having a standalone BGC organization in each of these cities. We could go expand by doing a chapter model and training this army that we now had of over 2,000 volunteers across the U.S. to execute our programs in their cities and train more students than we could do alone. And that's how our chapter model began. So now, as an organization, Black Girls Code has chapters in Chicago, Atlanta, Las Vegas, New York, Detroit, uh, Memphis, Oakland, and San Francisco. And on top of that, we probably have a list now of over 75 cities that have requested a Black Girls Code chapter, both here in the U.S. and in Africa and Latin America. So, as you can guess, building this type of impact organization and the size that we did in such a short period of time was about like this picture, this moving train. And we would always say in our meetings, our organization was growing. We were driving the train and putting on the wheels and the chains and everything at the same time because that's what it often felt like because we were iterating at our processes and we were actually figuring it out as we moved along. And we still do this to a certain extent, but that has allowed us to be extremely agile as a nonprofit organization and really disrupt the traditional nonprofit methodology and create much greater impact than some organizations that have been around two, three, four, and five times as long as we have. In closing, I really like to reiterate on a couple things that Eric said in his presentation. Um, so I told you about a lot of the key catch 
phrase words that we use as an organization to really um, implement this lean startup model in the nonprofit sector. But it's really more than about those key terms. It's really about the long-term impact that we're trying to achieve as a nonprofit organization and the long-term vision. For us, it's all about coding and making sure that every kid, as our students said yesterday, can learn to code. The U.S. Department of Labor estimates that by the year 2020, there'll be 1.4 million computing-related jobs in the U.S. alone. Computer te technology is current the fastest growing and highest paid occupation in the nation. But yet, at today's rates, we can only reach and fill about 30% of those jobs with the current graduates from computer science. It's our mission as an organization to tap a dent in the universe by filling that gap. So the long-term vision is about so much more than just using lean to create change, but it's by empowering others to create the change we want to see in the future. So take the big risk and rewards. Use lean in new and innovative ways and be the change that you want to see. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kimberly.